You see, Kurt, I believe that a lot of times we go to church because that's what we do on Sunday. I don't think we ever get up in the morning and ask ourselves that question, who am I? I don't think you ever ask yourself the question when you get up in the morning and you get dressed on Sunday morning and you come to church, I don't think you ask yourself, why am I here? I think Dunkin' Donuts is a fine little institution <laughs> that feeds you donuts and bagels and coffee every Sunday morning. I'm going to church Sunday because I know those bagels will be fresh as well as the donuts. But who am I? Why am I here? You see, in Luke chapter 18, verses 9 to 14, Jesus tells us of a parable. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Jesus says, two men went up into the temple to pray. The one a Pharisee and the other a publican. Not Republican, publican. The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as the other men are, extortioners, unjust, idolaters, or even as this publican. Let me stop there just for a quick second. You know, it's really hard as a pastor a lot of times to come to church. I know that may stun a lot of you. Because there are some Sunday mornings I have to come to church and I have to listen to people tell me what should and shouldn't be done in service. Who shouldn't be and shouldn't be here. That's the truth. That's the God that happened this morning. And I have to bite my tongue. I, I probably have more calluses on my tongue than anybody in this church from having to bite it so much. But when we come to church and we're expecting certain things to happen a certain way, then you're going to the wrong church. You see, because when I come to church, I have to rely on the Holy Ghost. And I have to rely on him to tell me what to do and what not to do. Well, for, for if I went by every judgmental word of every person who walked in the doors of the church, I couldn't have church. You know who I would be? Let me tell you who I would be this morning. Two men went up to the temple to pray. The one, a Pharisee. I would just be coming into this church to exalt moi. I want you to come and hear how eloquent, eloquent the words can be and how motivated I can be and 
trying to motivate you to do the right things and, and to pray the right prayer and to seek the right things, you know, that new Cadillac, maybe a house or something else, or getting one of the most glorious piano players the world could ever have at the piano, one of the most awesome worship bands you could ever have up on the platform, elevating you into worship. And I could say, I did all that. I did that for you. So you could enjoy. I don't want to be that man. I don't want to be that person. You see, some of you, how many have noticed this morning the little bit of dress appearance that I had this morning? Anybody notice this? But nobody said a word. Yeah, amen. One sleeve down, one sleeve up. <laughs> You see, I don't. Want, I can't make up my mind who I am this morning. I can't make up my mind whether I'm supposed to be the refined, well-educated, educated, or whatever you say, pastor, or the one who doesn't really care about the outward appearance, but only the inward. Praise God. You see, what matters to the Holy Spirit the most? It's not what you wear when you show up to church. It's not even how you look. And I want to thank my brother. He noticed that I went and got a haircut yesterday. And I said, I didn't get one haircut. I got them all cut. I'm an equal opportunity hater to my hair. They all get cut. And Lydia did a fine job. I got home yesterday, my wife, first thing, I walk in the door, she said, let me take a look. Oh, I, I'm oh. telling you, that's how she is. She cares about how her husband looks. Because she's the one who sends me out. And she said, I'm not misrepresenting her house. So I stood up and I said, what do you think? She said, oh, no, you got to turn around. I thought I was in some kind of a beauty salon. So I turn around, she takes a look, she says, it looks great. I said, well, good. Can I wear it out? She said, well, you have no choice now. It is what it is. You see, a lot of us go to church with that same kind of an attitude. It is what it is. I'm up, I got to go, this is what I do. I fast twice in a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. What is this Pharisee doing but bolstering himself? Letting everybody know how he prays. Letting everybody know how he fasts. Letting everybody know to make sure that he gives his tithes into the church. He's, he's got to let everybody. That's his responsibility. He's got to be an uprighteous, right man. And everybody's got to know it. Church, if you are who God has called you to be, people will see who you are. You don't have to explain to people that I go to Victory Fellowship Church. Your actions, your upbringing, your mouth, your thinking, everything should say, I am a 
God-fearing, born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Nobody should have to ask you if you're a Christian or not. They should see that that's what you are. Right. Now, I don't know where God's taking this. this I'm just being upfront with you. I really don't. But I will say this. I believe that we truly must ask ourselves, who are we? You see, because Jesus goes on to talk about this. In verse 13, he talks about the publican. And he said, And the publican, standing afar off, would not lift up his eyes, or lift up so much as his eyes, unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalteth himself shall be abased. And he that humbles himself shall be exalted. You see, church, I think a lot of times we need to, we need to start approaching things a little more differently. I think we need to we need to kind of start putting off some of those things that the world starts to talk to you about. And I think you start needing to clothe yourself regularly with the full armor of God. Yes, yes, absolutely. Amen. You see, I think our problem is when we go to church, we put on the armor, but we leave the helmet off because we've got to be able to say what we want to say. And let people know that we're right. It really hurts sometimes to be a pastor. As Dr. Jeremiah has said, you know, there's a there's a lot of times you don't ministry is one of the lonely places a guy can be. I can't tell you the number of people that I counsel during the week, and I can't even go to somebody and talk to them about it and say, listen, I, this is the situation. I, Maybe you could give me a little insight of maybe how I could help address this issue. I can't do that. You see, because when somebody comes to me and talks to me, it's confidential. And I have to keep it to me. <clears throat> I can't help but think about who went to the temple and why. I can't, I can't stop thinking about who goes to church and why. We know that the Pharisees, they were the strictest sect of their day. They were experts in the law. But his problem was he came to the temple with the wrong motivation. The publican, a tax collector, a heathen. Of all people, one of the worst of his day goes to the temple to pray. Who knows? This guy could have just seized a woman's home, a widow. Could have asked her onto the street. I don't know. But he came to the temple 
to pray. He didn't come to pray for others. He came to pray for himself. Jesus said, he said, be merciful to me, a sinner. You see, that's what we all are. I'll be honest with you. Dr. Jeremiah was talking about me and he says, I'm not perfect. I thought, man, he hit that nail right on the head. He knew right where that was coming from. Because we're not perfect. We're not perfect people. <clears throat> Again, when I come into the house of God, I, I got to do what the Holy Spirit directs me to do. I have to speak how the Holy Spirit directs me to speak on what he wants me to speak on. Sometimes I believe that message is just for me. Like Dr. Jeremiah said, sometimes you have those ouch moments. But I know I know beyond a reasonable doubt that Jesus looks at the heart. Jesus looks at the heart of every single person. There's not one person in this room who could hide their heart from God. There's not one person who thinks that, that, that I'm greater than someone else. At least I don't think so. There may be some who come in here who think they're holier than thou. I say, make plenty of room between you and them. Because you don't want to be too close to that lightning strike. <laughs> who are we this morning? Who are we that we've come into the house of God? What was your motivation for coming this morning? What was your idea when you got up this morning and you, you decided to come in to church? What was your what was your thought process? What was what I you know I almost want to ask a few of you what were you expecting this morning? Yeah. I know for some of you. You were expecting to hear exactly what Jesus wanted yep. you to hear. Amen. Mm -hmm. Some of you will leave here this morning saying, where was he going this morning? What? I should have stayed in bed. You probably should have. <laughs> but some of you came this morning with great expectation. Man, pastor is going to give me a sermon this morning that's going to carry me all week long. Yes. Well, it's no. not going to happen. No. No. You see, because the Word of God, you have to have every day to feed your flesh. This, this church is what carries me all week long. Yes. It's what has to take you all week long. You have to feast on the Word. You have to live on the Word. You have to, you have, to have it every single day. Because if you're not feeding on it every day, you're stuck. You're kind of in a little mode of, well, where do I go from here? Where do I go from here? 
I can't imagine standing in a church saying, thank you, Jesus, I'm not like they are. How hypocritical is that? How hypocritical is it when we say, well, I don't, I don't like how this is going to go this morning. I'm sorry, Randy and Melissa decided to take some personal time to be together on a cruise, to have husband and wife time together. Since they've retired, they want to do a little bit of travel. I say, God bless them. That's right. Amen. You see, because God brought them together as one flesh. Yes. There are many times that I get up in the morning and say, Virginia, let's play hooky. <laughs> let's call church and tell them I'm sick. No, not sick. I can't, just can't be there. But when I begin to think about the responsibility that God has put on my heart and my life, I can't. You see, I love, I, like Dr. Jeremiah said, I, I tell you, I get up behind this pulpit every Sunday morning, some morning, most, I'd say 90% of the time I want to throw up before I start to speak. Yeah. <laughs> Not because I'm sick, because I, I just want God to speak to me. I don't want any of this from the Bible. I don't want any of this little notes that I put down on paper to ever come from me. That's right. right. It must come from him. Mm -hmm. In other words, you'd just be hearing me babble all day. Who wants to go and hear a pastor babble? I flipped the TV on a few Sundays and I've listened to them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, where'd that come from? And some of the things they spoke, I know for a fact, did not come from God's word. That's right. I believe that when we come into the God's house, I believe that we must come with the attitude of worship. Amen. I believe that we need to, to pray and to encourage one another. You know, it, 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 it excites my heart when I see you guys come in in the morning. It really does. It excites my heart when I see Dick pull up in the, in the parking lot. Why? Because I know he's gone through a lot. It excites my heart when I see others of you pull up in the parking lot. Because I don't know what you faced this week. I'm still praying for Jack. That whatever happened to him up north never happens again. Mm -hmm. I pray for Ella Bell that God gets her ready for her next assignment. Whatever that may be. Amen. Yep. Sister Leah, her next assignment, whatever that may be. Yep. Rosa, to throw a grocery bag at somebody when they leave the parking lot. No. <laughs> Who are you this morning? Honestly. Honestly. Ask yourself, who am I this morning? Are you the one that just came to church just to be seen by everybody else? Or are you the one that came into church this morning and said, Lord, be merciful unto me, a sinner? Yes. People don't want to say that today, Dr. Jeremiah. People don't want to say, I'm a sinner. 
That's almost like a Christian curse word. Sinner. Uh, yeah. Did you hear what they, they said? I wonder what they did. I wonder when it's going to come out. I wonder when it's going to be exposed. I wonder who knows. Jesus knows everything. The thing I love, and I've shared this with you before, the thing I love the most about Jesus is how awesome he is, how big he is, and the creator of the universe has the ability to forget. Yes. Amen. When he throws your seeds, your sins into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. He'll never bring it up. Now, we know we have friends and family members who enjoy bringing it up. <laughs> now, you remember back when he was nine years old and he went out there and he squished that toad right there on the driveway? <laughs> he was a toad killer. Jesus forgets. But church, let me make something very clear. He can't forgive, and he can't forget something you're not willing to ask for forgiveness for. Don't think every part of your life is not uncovered by him. Well, I don't want to admit that sin, because if I admit that sin, then he's going to know about it. How humiliating can that be that I would admit this sin before my Lord and Savior? He already knows about it. That's right. It just makes it that much easier to ask for forgiveness. You see, these two prayed, but their prayers were very different. When we come into the house of God, we pray. Our prayers should be different. Nobody in here prays for the same thing, I don't believe, all the time. But when we pray, we need to earnestly pray. We need to, we need to pray with due diligence and asking the Lord Jesus Christ fervently. Seeking him fervently. Tuesday, Herb's having pray, uh, surgery. So I know Tuesday morning, well, including today, but Tuesday morning, I'll be specifically trying to pray for her because her needs prayer. There are others who face other things and they tell me and, and I jot it down. I mean, you may not see me jot it right at that moment, but I do jot it down somewhere. I've been praying for Lynn's friend who's, I guess, a boyfriend who died. Her husband, husband, I'm sorry, husband, who died. Suddenly, young man. And I just call and check in with Lynn to see how she's doing. Because I keep her before the throne of grace. Because she needs God's help. Yes. She needs God's comfort to carry her through these times. You see, church, church is not just about coming and, and just hoping that the pastor's going to give you this dynamic sermon and this dynamic message that you just can go and share. Sometimes coming to church is just praying. Just seeking the Holy Spirit. Yes. 
You see, in this passage of scripture I just read to you, the word I was mentioned 34 times. Oh. See, a lot of times I get in the way yeah. of what God wants to do. Mm -hmm. We need to open ourselves up, church, and allow him to minister. Allow him to be the active one in our life. Don't let it be about I. Let it be about we. My wife always says when I said, well, we. She said, who's we? I don't see anybody standing with that. Well, Jesus is living in me, so it's a we. This is a we thing. Not an I thing. I don't like I. I like we. Because we means I have somebody standing with me. Who agrees with me? And I hope Jesus agrees with me all the time. But maybe not. Sometimes I'm thinking it's we and it's I. Jesus is like, oh, don't put me in that boat. I'm not there. And you know when Jesus is there, amen? Mm -hmm. You know when Jesus has got you in the right place. Right. Doing the right thing. This morning, I just pray. I'm going to pray this morning that as you read this passage of Scripture this morning in Luke, chapter 18, verses 9 through 14, I want you to dwell on that this week. I want you to think on that passage of this Scripture this week and just ask yourself, who am I? Who am I? Because I think, church, that's who all of us need to be thinking about. I think that all of us need to be asking that question. Who am I? <coughs> I know this passage has many messages buried in it. Deep, deep-rooted messages. As I know that heaven is going to be full of surprises. You know, I just keep picturing heaven like a Christmas day when that cloud parts open and all those loved ones that have gone before us are going to be standing there. We're going to get to see them and greet them. And what a glorious day that's going to be. But the greatest surprise of all, the greatest gift of all, is going to be seeing Jesus Christ face to face. Yes. Amen. Amen. Yes. But before all that can happen, church, you need to ask yourself, who am I? I know this sounds fairly simple and probably not what you came expecting to hear this morning, but I believe this morning this is the question we need to dwell on as a body of Christ. Father, I thank you this morning. I thank you, Lord God, that you have opened our hearts to a whole new thing. Father, many of us have never asked ourselves the question, who am I? Many of us not even considered why we go to church. Many of us have never considered our own thoughts and our own words when we speak to people. 
For we don't use words of compassion and words of love. But we use words of disrespect, maybe. You, Jesus, are who we came to worship this morning. Yes, Lord. You, Jesus, are who we came to hear from this morning. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that that has truly been what has happened today. And Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise this morning for this, your word, in Jesus' name.